4: Hello, and welcome to episode nine of All Angles Football Betting Podcast here on the Beason Podcast Network. My name is Matt Brown, and we are going to go through week three in the NFL. Not a very robust betting card for me this week. I don't love a ton of these games, but we got some bets in the account, so let's talk through everything, kicking things off with the Colts at the Ravens, currently sitting eight, eight and a half in favor of the Ravens at home. 44, 44 and a half is your total. We know no Anthony Richardson going to be Gardner Minshew for the Colts on the Raven side of things, just a ton of injuries as well. So if you are thinking that this is, you know, uh, 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 the version of the Ravens that maybe you thought about coming into the season, not the case. No, it Beckham, no Justice Hill, no Marlon Humphrey, no Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, seriously, this team is all kinds of beat up. No Marcus Williams, no Ronnie Stanley. I mean, it is it is injury right. That being said, last week they had a ton of injuries as well and were able to handle business. I like this coaching staff to be able to figure things out. I love the way that they schemed last week. I think they can do the same against this Colts team that just doesn't have a ton of talent. That being said, I don't want to lay it here. It is part of a teaser leg for me this week with the Ravens. So if you are, if you're wondering, just hang out for a little bit longer and we'll get to... We'll get to where I pair that up, but no Anthony Richardson, no center Ryan Kelly as well for them. And I don't think it is. I I hear this narrative that it's like an upgrade that Anthony Richardson's out. And I just don't buy into that. I don't believe it. Colts offense was built around him. They named him the starter early on. So going to go with the Ravens here in a teaser leg, Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins. This is sitting six and a half in favor of the Dolphins. 47 and a half to 48 is your total. This thing went to seven for a hot second and then went back down to six and a half and has basically sat there all week long. So this people basically don't have a very strong opinion on this thing one way or the other. It is a Dolphins team that we do know is like could possibly be without a bunch of key players. Toronto Armstead. Uh, we have, uh, Tyler Croft. We have Jalen Phillips. We have Jalen Waddle. All these guys are questionable for the Dolphins this week. And so, of course, this could really swing things if those guys don't play. And so because of that, I don't really have a strong opinion on the side or the total in this because of all of the injury concerns. But what I do have is a play in the account on just the overpassing yards for Tua Tagovailoa. Listen, it, it doesn't really matter to, it, as long as Tyreek Hill is out there, and then you still have Mike McDaniel, who is really great at scheming things up. And if you look at this ball, if you look at this Broncos defense, we thought this was going to be a strength for this team. It has not been at all. And with that, I am going to back Tua to, to get there from a passing yardage standpoint. New England Patriots and the New York Jets. This is sitting two and a half in favor of the Patriots on the road. 36 36 and a half is your total. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it seems like this is just the smash pot for the Patriots, right? It's it's a team that you're sitting here going, Okay, they're probably better than their record, they're probably better than what they've shown. The offense at least has shown a little bit of a pulse. Mac Jones, if you look, is graded pretty well according to Pro Football Focus in this thing. And we know with the Jets, this is a team that without Aaron Rodgers and and it's just going to be, it's just going to struggle to score the football. And, and that's where I think we're at, right? I mean, we're at a, we're at a point right now in which you look at this and you say, how do the jets with a spread so small, right? It's only it's, it's under a field goal. How, what is the path to victory here for the jets? How do the jets get there? And, and I mean, honestly, I think if you try to tell yourself the story, as great, I mean, as awesome as that defense is, it is almost as if the defense has to do it for you. It really comes down to, can the defense, hold this Patriots team. And I I think for them to win, considering their limitations on the offensive side of the ball and, and how good this Patriots defense is, you basically have to hold the Patriots like 13 points, 16 points, something like that to win this game or keep this thing within the three. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I, I mean, it's a tall task, even as awesome as the defense is. And even as, you know, maybe limited as this offense is for the Patriots, to hold a team to 13, 16 points in the NFL. It's just too tough. It's a Patriots or pass for me. Certainly will be a contest play for me this week. I uh, don't know if it'll actually make the account. Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. I said that there was a second side to the teaser from earlier. And it is this right here with the Jags who are currently eight, eight and a half point favorites over the Houston Texans. 43 and a half, 44 is your total if you look on the Texans side of things, it's just a ton of injuries again. Denzel Perryman, their linebacker, is out. Jalen Petrie, a safety, is out. They're down two corners, including Derek Stingley, who, who is out. Laramie Tunsell is actually questionable in this game. It's just going to be very tough. Now, Zay Jones is out for the Jags, so there is that. But I am I'm thinking this is a pretty good smash spot here for this Jags team. Love them in a teaser. Don't hate it if you want to play them to cover. But for me, with just kind of the natural teaser leg up there, that's where I'm going to kind of go um, with all of this. Let's look at the Titans and the Browns. We have three and a half in favor of the Browns. 39, 39 and a half is your total in this game. Guys, what what can we say? I mean, Deshaun Watson has looked absolutely atrocious so far. And you guys know any of the preseason content I did. I was very high on this Browns team. I had them as a playoff team, and my reasoning behind everything was basically that there's just no way in the world that this team can be as bad as it was last year or that Deshaun Watson, most notably, could be as bad as he was last year. Well, he's proven me wrong so far because he has been god-awful. The fortunate thing for this Browns team is they are running into a pretty banged-up Titans squad. So there is at least that that is going on. You have several key players questionable. You have offensive guard Peter Skoronsky, who is out already. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins, he may try to gut it out and give it a go, but he got downgraded throughout the course of the week. And this kind of like fell under the radar because there was just so much injury news this week, but he practiced in the middle of the week and then got downgraded to a DNP. And that's never any good whenever you get downgraded like that. This Browns defense is elite, in my opinion. It grades out really elite so far. And I think it's not smoke and mirrors. I think that this defense, they have playmakers on every single level. And when you can rush the passer and you can cover and all that, I mean, it's it's just, it's going to be tough to move the ball on this Browns team. And I think that this offense is pretty limited anyway on the Titans side of things, the Browns number two defense and EPA per play allowed so far through the very short season. I think there's, it's going to be tough sledding for the Titans with the limited offensive weapons that they have in the first place, the limitations they have at quarterback and the fact that Ryan Tannehill under pressure is terrible and, and, and this Browns team is going to get pressure on him. All that being said, you're like, oh, well, you obviously have a Browns bet in. I do not. And it's because I have to see it with Deshaun Watson. Listen, uh, this is, th- this is the time for him to shine. This is a team that f- it's a pass funnel defense. They will not let you run. They want you. They 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 basically dare you to pass on them. You saw the Saints in Week One with not a ton of you know offensive firepower with the Saints. You saw Derek Carr throw for 300 yards on this Titans team. So this is it, Deshaun. Go out there. Prove us right, prove us wrong. Do something. But let us know what we're dealing with with this Browns team moving forward. It'd be Browns or pass for me, maybe a contest play or something like that, but I got to see it with Deshaun Watson first. Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions. This is currently sitting three in favor of Detroit. It's an expensive three, could be three and a half by the time you listen to this. 46 and a half is the total. What do we know or what have we figured out about this Falcons team? Is there anything that we have figured out about this Falcons team? It is just so incredibly confusing. Now they do get they trade for Jeff they, they get Jeff Okuda back if he's got anything left in the tank. If if he's not a bust, at least he's going to be back out there for them. You at least for the Lions, you got a you got a really good uh, you got some really good news that. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was a full participant in practice on Friday after being limited throughout the course of the week. Josh Reynolds also was limited to he is also he was also a full go on Friday. So you are at least going to have those guys out there because that was going to be a th- that was going to be rough. Now, it's still on the line side. You're without offensive tackle Taylor Decker. He is already out. Emmanuel Mosley is out. David Montgomery is doubtful. So it's not it's, it's not a smooth injury report at all for the Lions. And just what do we get from this Falcons team? I mean, they, they want to run the ball. They want to run the ball a ton. Is that going to be good enough in today's NFL? The defense so far has been upper half of the league. But there's just no, De- Desmond Ritter seems to be pretty limited. Desmond Ritter, for whatever reason, doesn't target Kyle Pitts ever. Your guess is as good as mine as to why that would be crazy weapon like that. And not I mean, it's it's just so wild to me. I look at this and I think that this should be Falcons. You've got a pretty good defense. You've got an offense that should be able to move the ball, should be more explosive than it is. Maybe Desmond Ritter is just so limited that this is just kind of this is just what we get out of this Falcons team. I am playing them in the contest, not in the count. I think this might be a weird sneaky over game. That Lions defense, as we know, gives up points, and I think it's the Lions offense. Now that we know that the the wide receivers are going to be out there. Even though the Falcons have shown pretty well from a defensive standpoint so far, I think that that this Lions team is going to score some points on a lot of people. Might be a sneaky over game. New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. This is currently sitting Packers as one-point favorites. 42.5 is your total. A lot of up, a lot of down for the Packers so far. Jordan Love has been very, you know, a guy, he looks like a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience. And that is, you know, that is, I, I think a lot of us expected maybe this, that there would be at least a little bit of growing, but yeah, he's been in the league a while. He just doesn't have a ton of on-field experience. And so you're sitting here and, and you watch him and you are just, you're just wondering, is that throw he just made that great throw? Is that who the real Jordan love is? And then you see him hit a, hit a defender right in the numbers, and you wonder if that's who the real Jordan Love is. Lots of question marks also on the injury side of things. They're definitely without Elton Jenkins on the offensive line. He's out. Bakhtiari is questionable, though. Jair Alexander is questionable. Aaron Jones is questionable. Lucas Van Ness is questionable. Christian Watson, who we haven't seen so far this year, it's also questionable. So it's a tough read on even what, what's going to be out there for the Packers. So I don't really know how to handicap this game accurately, having a very limited amount of of understanding of, of who this Packer squad is going to be. This is one of those 90-minute-before-kickoff games. Hopefully the line doesn't get too crazy, but when we get official news on who is in, who is out, probably pushes me towards the Packers. But that would all depend if that that injury report is is favorable or not. So unfortunately, kind of a ninety minute before kickoff type game. Buffalo Bills and the Washington Commanders. Buffalo Bills are currently sitting as six to six and a half point favorites. Forty three is your total. I did put the Bills in my account, thinking this thing was going to get to seven. I thought this would get to the full touchdown and I was wrong. Did not. Bill's completely complete injury, injury report and commander's basically the same. Logan Thomas out for them, but that's it. I think this Bill's team is a team that beats up on bad teams and then it's going to struggle against good teams. I think that the commanders are a bad team. That is my opinion. That we're going to see that we just have a a squad that's going to be just perfectly mediocre. Perfectly below average, in my opinion, on this commander's team. And mainly that comes from the offensive side of the ball, in which I don't believe we're going to see much growth here. Sam howell has got an awesome arm. We've seen that. He's put that on display. But just doesn't seem to scheme. It doesn't feel like the scheme is right right now. Don't really know how to utilize the weapons that they've got there. They're not devoid of talent, but just hasn't been able to put it all together yet. I think this commander team might be a team to back a little bit later in the season as they figure some stuff out. But I think it's a little bit too early here to back them against this Bills squad. I think this Bills team is a bully against, against middling to bad teams. And I think they're going to struggle against the better teams all season long. But I put the commanders in that middling to blow category. So I think the bills go out there and handle business. I have a six in the account. Not something I'm completely in love with, but if you look at the bills, Josh Allen was much better last week. He he protected the ball. He understands what he did. I mean, he understands, he understands his shortcomings and he understands that he sometimes gets back, gets into bad habits, but he got it together last week and was able to put together a good performance. So I believe that that carries over this week against a bad team. Chargers and the Vikings, this is one, one and a half in favor of the Vikings at home against the Chargers. The total is all the way up to 54, 54 and a half. It doesn't really matter what I got, but just for reference, I caught this on the way up and over 51. If you guys listen to any of the content that I've done on either this podcast or on shows, you know, Vikings to me, dead over team. I'm looking every week to see if the very first thing is, is this a game in which I want to come in and play the over on the Vikings? And this is like a match made in heaven. A good offense and a bad defense against a good offense and a bad defense. The Vikings can move the ball and can throw the ball on basically anyone. When you have the weapons that they have, and by the way, don't give me this nonsense about Kirk Cousins being bad. Kirk Cousins is a good NFL quarterback. And they're going to be able to pass the ball in this Chargers defense. And the exact same thing can be said about the Chargers against the Vikings. Chargers have been one of the more efficient offenses in the league so far this year. We didn't see this kind of high-flying you know, throw it all over the down the field and craziness that we thought maybe we were going to get with the Chargers and Kellen Moore came into town, but they've been very, very efficient. And if you look at all the advanced stats, it all backs that up. And they should have success here against this Vikings team pretty easily because everyone else has. If I had to play a side, it would be the Chargers. I like the total better. Even at 54, there's no way I'm playing an under. And I know that's crazy. Like I'm not playing under on 54 though. I think this game could play into the 30s fairly easily. There's a, there are multiple paths in which this game plays into the 30s. I do have Mike Williams over receiving yards in the account. If you look kind of under the radar because the counting stats didn't blow you away, but what you can see whenever you look under the hood is he got 13 targets last week. So we don't need 13 targets to get over his 59 and a half receiving yards this week. Give me eight or nine and we're going to get there. And again, in a game in which they both teams should be just throwing the ball all over the place and having a ton of success, moving the chains. I really do like that on, on Mike Williams. I think that's a smidge low for him in this game. Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks. This is sitting five and a half in favor of the Seahawks. 42 is your total. No Bryce Young, going to be Andy Dalton for the Panthers. Seahawks battle back last week atrocious week one performance end up getting a win last week against lions. Geno Smith plays maybe the game of his life. He was awesome last week. It's a little late in the week now to go back and watch the all 22, but man, if you did, you probably saw, I mean, that was like the performance of Geno Smith's life. It's a Seahawks or pass. I mean, listen, some people are going to argue the same deal. we were talking about with the Colts. Oh, it's an upgrade to go to Andy Dalton. listen, it could be Andy Dalton. It could be friggin' Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. There's no playmakers on this Panthers team. If you watch that game last week, it was dudes just running with corners and defenders and, and everything in their back pocket. Like, there, no separation, no nothing. They just don't have the dudes right now at the playmaker position. They just don't have it. They got a good defense. They're probably going to be in some gritty games. But man, if you look, it is just, it, it it's crazy. It is crazy how bad these receivers are when it tries to, when they're trying to get open. Now, if you want to play, if you want to play devil's advocate here and come in on the Panther side of things, it is a very beat up Seahawks team. So there is that. Charles Cross is doubtful, which means out. A couple of corners are doubtful. Yeah, several guys that are questionable. Likely to play, but it's worth noting. DK Metcalf, questionable. Quandre Diggs, questionable. Jamal Adams, questionable. Jaron Reed, questionable. So they're all kind of beat up here. I don't want to put this in the account. If anything, it maybe be an under. Like I said, I respect that Panthers defense. And maybe the Seahawks struggle a little bit with all these injuries. I don't think the Panthers can score. So maybe an under look in this one, but that's about it. Not forcing bets, guys. I'm never going to force bets here on you. I'm not the dude that's going to come on here and give you 25 different bets every week. But we will talk through the the thinking behind why we will or will not play some bets. Now there's probably guys that are on some of these games that I'm not. You can find that over at VEASAN.com slash picks. If you aren't a VEASAN subscriber, it's 19 bucks to start for the first month. Some of these guys are probably playing these, these games that I don't have like the best feeling or read on. So you can go in and take a look there. Chicago bears, Kansas city chiefs, This is sitting 12 and a half in favor of the chiefs 48, 48 and a half is your total. You all know the dumpster fire that is going on in Chicago right now. It was the headline basically every single day on every single network. You heard the soundbite. You had Justin Fields come out and basically say coaching was the reason the offense has been terrible. I mean, What, what do you do, right? I mean, seriously, like, what, what, do you, what do you do? Defensive coordinator resigns. Chiefs are, though, a couple of guys that are are questionable. Willie Gay is questionable, Isaiah Pacheco is questionable, Kadarius Tony is questionable. That said, they were they were all limited on Friday. It was an upgrade for them. You're not gonna hear me say that I would lay twelve and a half in the NFL very often before I'd play the other side, but that's kind of where I sit only problem with me and this is what gives me hesitation and this is the only thing that you know look if this thing maybe gets to 14 by the time it kicks off if that were the case maybe you could see me coming in on the bears It's the fact that the chiefs have in the past kind of slowed things down at home in games in which they're blowing the opponent out like that and now you look and I think if you're Andy Reid too you look around he's got to know that this is like the least talented team he's had in a few years on the offensive side. Anyway, defense is awesome. Chiefs defense is great. They're playing out of their minds right now. I can't imagine that that's going to end anytime soon, but yeah, they are, they are awesome. But boy, I just can't imagine a world in which if they're up 17 points in the fourth quarter that you don't see Travis Kelsey and and Patrick Mahomes and, and these guys on the sideline. And if that's the case, it leaves the back door open at all times. Justin Fields is just good enough. Like he'll, he'll in a garbage time drive, he'll run for 30 yards. He'll throw for another 30. It's just, there's just too many ways. I think that this can go sideways. So if it got to a full 13-14, it would be it'd be Bears or pass for me. I think the under is a pretty decent look as well. Cowboys and the Cardinals, this is twelve and a half, thirteen at one spot in favor of the Cowboys over the Cardinals. Now, look, Trayvon Diggs out for the season. Huge definitely a big blow for the for the Cowboys secondary. That being said, it's not going to it's not going to show. This week against the Cardinals. If you look at the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are awesome. You guys know, I think I have them power rated second in the NFC. But it's been an easy go at it so far for the Cowboys. And it's going to be another easy go here with the Cardinals. We are not going to find out who this Cowboys team is quite yet. We're just not. They have a very favorable schedule. And this is just a very easy game. Cardinals have been spunky. First couple of weeks. That said, I just wonder. I do wonder. How this offense as a whole is going to be able to deal with this Cowboys defense. It has been so good. So much pressure. How are they going to be able to handle that? This might be an in game for me. Maybe the Cowboys start a little slow on the road, different stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of where I'd look. If I can get this under double digits at some point early on, the Cowboys look for me then. So this is kind of my, my in game game that I'm going to be circling for the week. And then finally, Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Las Vegas Raiders. Currently the Raiders are, Two and a half to three point favorites over the Steelers. 43 is your total. If you look at this, we know Deontay Johnson's out for the Steelers. So what do we have from a Steelers offensive standpoint that has looked absolutely atrocious through the first two weeks of the season? That said, there is a world where you sit here and you look at the Steelers and you say, yes, they have looked absolutely horrible. And yes, they are without Cameron Hayward and Deontay Johnson. That too is absolutely, you know, that, that is a reason if maybe you would want to fade them, but if we're trying to at least look on the bright side of things, they played the 49ers and the Browns, and that is probably two of the five, definitely two of the eight best defenses in the NFL. And maybe when it's all said and done two of the they might be the two best defenses in the NFL. So it's one of those things where yes, as bad as they have looked on offense is one thing but maybe you can maybe you can give them a little bit of a pass concerning the defenses that they played. Now the Raiders I think is what's pretty shocking so far is how decent the offense has looked. Like, I don't think a lot of people, if I said, Hey, tell me like the, you know, give me, give me like names off the top of your head. You, so far, whenever you're watching play, like, who do you think has a really high PFF passing grade? You'd probably say, Oh, well, you know, two has been awesome. Man, that game Matthew Stafford has, he's got to be up there. You'd be right. but guess what? You know who else is up there? Jimmy Garoppolo. Ahead of guys like Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. They're all looking up at Jimmy Garoppolo. Small sample size, of course. We're only two games into the season, but Jimmy Garoppolo has actually been fairly good. Listen, I'm as surprised as you are. (laughs) Trust me. I am as surprised as you are. but it's a it's a raiders squad that is third in the NFL in EPA per pass play. Run game's non-existent. But they're actually passing it with some efficiency. So the question becomes this, is the Steelers defense good enough to overcome what we have on the offensive side of the ball, which is, you know, a pretty bland, pretty, pretty terrible offensive team. This seems like a prime teaser leg. Low ish total. Good defense in the Steelers. Get it up to eight and a half against a Raiders team that, yeah, they've looked good throwing the ball, but like can't run it at all. So they're kind of one dimensional on the offensive side of the ball. Do you ever see this Raiders team? running anyone out of, you know, out of the stadium. Do you ever see them blowing anybody out? You don't. So, teaser leg here on the Steelers. Update and a half. Guys, uh, obviously, podcast, absolutely free. So, I do appreciate the support. If you want to scroll down and give this thing a little five-star rating, that would be Awesome. If you want to leave a kind comment, also awesome. Do appreciate all the support here. Like I said, not a robust card this week, kind of a tricky week when it comes to things. If we're worried about survivor, I'm all in on the Jags this week against the Texans. So I'm going to put all three entries on that. There are other teams. Yeah, there are other teams that are bigger favorites and have a higher, you know, a higher win percentage higher win 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 chance in this thing. But listen, I'm I'm playing for the long haul. I'm playing for to try and win this thing. And so too much future value on the Chiefs and the and the Cowboys and the 49ers and stuff like that. Like t- too much future value for me on those teams, you know, like I'm sure there were some people that played the 49ers this week. But I held on to them. I'm gonna hold on to the Cowboys. I'm gonna hold on to the Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Jags in this spot. Might be some people that get really wild and go with the Ravens. I think there's just enough injuries on the Ravens side of things to make it a little dicey for me. You probably can get a much better version of the Ravens later in the season. Also, they play the Cardinals in week eight. That would be a pretty decent spot to use them. They play the Rams in week 14. I think the Rams will be coming back down to earth by then. Even Tennessee in week six. So there's there's some other spots here to uh, to use the Ravens. So all in on the Jags for me this week. Guys, head over to com. taking everything we do. Really do appreciate the support, and good luck on all your bets here in week number three.
3: And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.